to the Fit to Talk podcast. Coming in your ears since 2022. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is a reference to uh, Alan Partridge, if you don't know. We are Stefan and Bobby, and we host this rampant beast of a podcast. <laughs> it exists to prove to you that fitness doesn't have to be boring. And we've got an awesome guest today too, Professor Wendy Bagel. Indeed. Would you care to do an introduction of some kind? Uh, I can do one of some kind, yeah. So we've got an absolute legend of the game in the studio today. Ah. He's currently starring as Dave McFly and alternate Marty McFly in Back to the Future in the West End. He's previously appeared in musicals such as Shrek, Sweet Charity, Book of Mormon, Jersey Boys, and a personal favourite of mine, Our House. Apparently he is skilled at Diablo, which I, which I want to witness. Ooh. I did not realise this until I read this. Um, if you cut him, he bleeds green and gold. It's Will Haswell! <laughs> Welcome, wow. Will. What an intro. Yeah. And yes, I am. I'm quite good at Diablo. Oh, all right. Yeah, I used to do it as a kid all the time. That and Chinese juggling sticks, which I picked up at Epcot <laughs> in just a years ago. I have so many questions Fantastic. from that intro. I'm going to come back okay, to fine. one of them I need to remember it. But what are Chinese juggling sticks? So they are three sticks. You get one in the middle, which has got like tassels at the end and two like normal, just like juggling sticks. Yeah. Back to forward, yeah. And literally I, as a, as a kid, I would go between Diablo I'd ping it up, I'd like bounce it on the string and I'd do it behind my back and I'd get it quick and like throwing it around. And then I couldn't tell you any technical terms other than it's called Diablo, <laughs> you've got two bits of string on the yeah. string and it's like... Um, Solid. And then I got the Chinese juggling sticks on a holiday to Disney and Epcot. I saw this guy do it and I was absolutely transfixed. And I was like, mum, dad, please, like if I can go home with anything, I don't want a Mickey Mouse badge, I don't want anything, I just want those <laughs> sticks. And... Yeah, I spent hours in the garden learning how to like get it up and catch it and do tricks and stuff like that. I so just yeah, want it's wild. I want to jump in and say that I had a similar experience. I saw uh, not at Disney. I saw somebody do the Diablo on the street, a street performer somewhere, and I was like, "Oh my god, I want one of those." Got it. I never managed to get that thing <laughs> <laughs> on the floor. Literally, and I did spend some time. It wasn't like I didn't commit to this. I was yeah. just so dreadful at it. <laughs> I was like, huh, "Cool, this isn't for me." It's like the motorbike all over again. Oh, all over again. Uh, thankfully, my parents don't listen to this podcast, which is kind of them. Because um, <laughs> uh, if they knew that I had learned to ride a motorbike, they would probably kill me. Uh, sorry, Will, to let, fill you in on that, I decided to learn to ride a motorbike in February. Uh, as a sort of catastrophic birthday present to myself. Um, it's worth saying, I don't know how to ride a bike. As in a push bike? A push yep. bike. Oh, I see. Yes. Beautiful. Uh, it's one of the things Bobby and I have in common that yep. neither of us can ride a bike. Neither of you can ride a push nope. bike. But technically I am allowed to ride a motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> I feel safe on the roads I now. Passed, <laughs> but I did fall off. <laughs> yeah, you that. did fall off. I did fall off and I'm yeah. pretty sure I broke my wrist, but uh, oh. don't want to be one of those people. But it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, good times. The other one I want to come back to is you said that he bleeds green and gold. He does. Now, what does that mean? So, are you taking are it? Are you taking it? So, um, I bleed green and gold because I am a huge Green Bay Packers, Packers fan. Uh, so for the NFL, so myself and Bobby are both heavily, heavily invested in the NFL, the American football. And it's something that I absolutely love in like, I just love it. I, the fact that it's not on at the moment is horrendous. It's uh, devastating. This is yeah, the worst month of the year. It is awful. <laughs> uh, preseason starts next month. So I believe that yeah. this is the final month without any NFL football. Correct. Until next February, yeah. going so into March. Maybe, looking so. for some purpose at the moment. So yeah, at yeah. the moment I am, well, actually I'd tell you that I went to the cricket the other day. I went to the Oval and watched T20 and Sussex won by one run, which was absolutely outstanding. Casual. Uh, what a game. Um, I'm kind of just a, well, well, yeah, we'll get into it, but I'm a bit <coughs> of a sport nut. Okay. So well, yeah. before we start that, let's, let's move straight on to that. So before we start, <laughs> we, we've got a task oh, for oh, you. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. goodness. <laughs> a task. Um, 
If you're willing to accept, you could say no if you want to. Uh, but it's part of our podcast that we call Liar Liar, Pants on Fire, because we're childish. And um, during this Correct. opening section of the podcast, up until we get to perhaps your training or the end of your training, we would love it if you could tell us a single lie. Yes. Slip in a lie, <laughs> if you will, I'll, somewhere in there. I'll give it a go. I've been told I'm pretty terrible at lying because I'm normally like this. So it's, it's, it'll be a giveaway, but I'm like this. <laughs> that's what, what he's you doing. can't see because it's a podcast I smiled uh, he's <laughs> doing a big grin but it's worth saying that the bar is very low because several people have now entirely forgotten to lie at all oh so you can't really be the worst liar we've had no there's a low bar so you're good <laughs> I see I so I also have been playing along um, and I haven't been keeping score but I've got a fair few of them have you have yeah you? Oh, I bet he's got I more than we have yeah I've been terrible <laughs> we suck at it so I I definitely got Justin's 100%. You know each other, though. We know each other. We do share a dressing room. Okay. And as oh, soon yeah. as he went football, I was like, you're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you're and to the, point, to the point where the boy owes me, especially on FIFA, he owes me at least a good six Facebook apologies for a oh. six, seven, one, nine nil loss. Oh. Has he ever had um, to write to the company manager? Uh, no, we haven't reached <laughs> 10 yet. Uh, we nearly had someone and it's like, oh, no, 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 you haven't got to do it. I'm waiting. Oh, I've, yeah. got, I've got that, that letter on draft. That it's has happening to happen. at some point. <laughs> um, and the other one was, is it Natalia? Natali- uh, yeah, 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 beans, yeah. Yeah, beans. Um, so I got hers. We Neither of us got hers, did we? No, it was the swimming, going yes. to Plymouth. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, not get that. I was like, this is a very elaborate story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, listening and back, it was very detailed. It was, it was, it was very detailed. detailed. And that for me is why I got Giveaway. it. Because yeah. I was like, hey, when you went to Plymouth and it's here and it's this. And then the trainer, I was like, no, this, this is a lie. It but it's very good. It was a very good lie. It was a well-prepared lie. It was a very well I'm now ready for yours to be super vague. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just, yeah, kind of yeah. like the colour green. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's it. I'm off. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, if, if you're willing to try and get that in at some point. Yes. Fantastic. Absolutely. Will, tell us, how does the story of your life begin? So, the story of my life begins. So, I was uh, born in Chelmsford um, and I was... Raised there literally my whole childhood. I was uh, brought up in the same house. Literally, my parents are still there now. So we've never moved around. We're literally, when I go home, it's still exactly the same. I mean, obviously, it's been decorated and they've had like an extension on the back and stuff. And But it's all literally the same as when I was a child. And then I went to the cathedral school in Chelmsford. Uh, it was a Church of England school, I believe, but not. I'm not religious at all. But it was uh, the school that my parents wanted me to go to. And from a really young age, I would say, I can, as far as I can remember, my parents, I've always been active. Like I've always been active. I'll say that now because there will be a lot of talk of doing different things, different activities. And I was so lucky with my childhood going from primary school all the way up to, I'd say the end of high school, going into college, the opportunities that I got given from my parents have been absolutely like remarkable, like I can't thank them enough. Who I am today is definitely 100% thanks to them. Um, and that's the lie. Going over, um, I was actually raised by a pack of wolves. Yeah. Um, so, um, um, so yeah, so I uh, was very, very, very active and I did every possible sport you could imagine under the sun. I was thrown into everything. My parents were not like, right, do this, do this, do this. They were like, oh, you want to try that? Give it a go. You want to try that? Give it a go. Um, That's amazing. Which was absolutely amazing. And I remember being, what? yeah, in, in primary school and I started playing football with friends um, and it was good. However, if you all close your eyes for a minute and just imagine a young Will Haswell, I looked like Russell from the film Up. 
So I was a rather large child, I shall say. Um, and literally you could have like opened the door, roll me to school. Um, so in football, I was never like a winger or a striker, midfield. I'd, I'd either be in goal or a centre-back. Um, yes. Yes. And I was never really like that skillful at football. Like I really enjoyed it. And I liked, I actually really enjoyed the defending side, like sliding in and tackling people, all that stuff. Um, and then I started playing rugby, played tag rugby at school, which was great. And I found out for some reason, my dad was like, you're a lot quicker with the ball in your hands than at your feet. And it works out that dribbling with the ball, I had to keep my head down because I felt like I'd lose the ball. Whereas when it was in my hands and I was running, it was great. Um, and I must say it was always team sports for me. I, apart from badminton, I can play badminton. Um, I was rubbish. Bobby's celebrating. I, yeah, Bobby's <laughs> celebrating. Because I, like, for example, I tried, again, tried tennis, tried all that stuff. I could never get the tennis ball to go down. It would just keep going. Like my, my forehand and backhand would like stop halfway and the ball would just go off. Um, whereas badminton, <laughs> it was so bizarre. Like badminton, I could, I just got the hang off. I really enjoyed it. But it was always, always a team sport. I loved being in a team. I loved being with a collective group of people that became like your family. Um, and that was from a young age. Like I played for Chelmsford City Football Club, like not the actual professional team. Um, we're in the Vinerama League, I believe. But the- That was so many words I didn't understand. <laughs> it's like, the, it's like the, conference, the conference league okay. uh, football in, in, I think there's like, so you've got the, I believe it's the Vinerama League. This might've been a couple of years ago now. I don't actually know. It's like the top conference. And then you've got the conference North and South. Right. What's the word that you're saying? Vinerama. Is that it, like a-, a great saying Vinerama? Is it Vinerama? I think it's Vanarama. I thought it was Vinerama. Oh, no. What's Vinerama? The league. That's what it's called. Isn't it, <laughs> isn't it, isn't it the Vanarama League? Is I thought it was like the sponsored by Vanarama. I thought it was sponsored by Vinerama. What, what the hell is Vinerama? I don't know what's Vinerama. <laughs> I don't want anyone to <laughs> okay, Google no, this. No, I don't no, want to Google it. No, no one is Googling this because it's hilarious. Please, I, anyway, I don't, I don't know what either of those words okay, are. So I, don't, I don't know what yours is. And I, I know who Vanarama are. Okay, okay, we'll go with yours. They sell vans. So it's oh, van that probably makes sense. <laughs> that probably makes sense. Van so it's van like, like, like van okay. Arama. Van I thought it was like a German word, like no, Vinerama. No, ah, Vinerama here. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. The Vimaranas. That's it's what we dog. The Vimerama. It's yeah. sponsored by dogs. I yeah. thought that's what it was. When you said the Vimerama League. I was like, I, this is like a charity. No, I, generally, I well, Bobby, Bobby wins. So I'll take that. It's a rare occasion. But yes, so I so I played with youth teams and stuff. It was like under fives, under sixes, sevens, eights. And then it got to a point where I got to high school and I, I had a decision to make where in, in the sense that I started playing rugby properly again. So I played tag rugby as a kid, used to play for um, Chancellor Rugby Club. And then it got to a decision where I was either going with one set of friends in the football world or going on the rugby side and I wanted to do the football at the time. So my parents were like, yep, great. Go and play for Chance City, have fun. Um, and then it got to high school and I just fell in love with rugby, like a lot, so much more than I did playing football. Like the feeling I got from playing rugby was amazing. I loved it. Right so, answer. Yeah. I, so, I, so I left. <laughs> so, I, so I stopped playing football and then I went back to Chelmsford Rugby Club and I was with them until I was about... 14, 15, and then uh, dancing got in the way. So I had to stop. Um, again. Interesting. Why did, you, why did you say you had to stop? So I got to a point where I was like, 
So I went to college, we'll, we'll get to it, but I got to, I went to college at, I'd literally just turned 16. So I was auditioning at about 15 and I was like, oh, if I get injured and if I hurt myself badly, it might knock what potentially I'd like to do. Um, so I made the decision to stop. And again, I don't think it's spoke about a lot, but for me, it was the experience that I had. I was so, so, so super lucky that I had a group of friends at school, the rugby lads, um, and my friendship group, I kind of flitted between everyone. I was like the music bit and then the sport bit. And I kind of worked in the subjects I liked, but the ones I didn't like, I was just kind of a bit of a class clown really. Um, but I did Amdram at school and I did Amdram outside of it. So I kind of flung myself into everything. Um, and they all just went, yeah, you're, you're, you've got a shot at this. So go for it. And they all supported me without, oh, without, nice. e without even a second question. I said, look, I've got to stop playing because I'm going to audition to go for college and it's a three year thing. And I'm going to be going to a musical theatre college, potentially if I get in and, um, and they all went, yeah, you've got a really good chance of it. So go just do it. Wow. I want to, I want to <laughs> say what happened in, a, in the opposite way. My friends were fantastic and had a similar experience, but I had a, a teacher at school. This was an English teacher who I really respected, who, when he found out that I was uh, he actually wanted me to do English and I think it came from a really positive place, but on our, a, a specific evening in that final year, when he found out I was going to do music theatre, he was like, mm. what's you going to dance? And I was like, well, yeah, I've been taking dancing classes in the evenings for the last thing. And he was like, what's you going to wear tights and do ballet? And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he said, that's a bit gay. Uh, oh, goodness. <laughs> like, Huh. No. So, so I had, I had 2007 kids. I had, I had the same in 2008 going into nine, which was my last year at school. My head teacher was the head of maths as well. And maths forever. I just don't agree with numbers. They don't agree with me. I just can't work. It takes me a while. I'll get there in the end, but it does take me a while. And I didn't enjoy math. I didn't enjoy numbers. I loved English. I enjoyed writing. I enjoyed like the Shakespeare side, all that, like learning all of that stuff. It was brilliant. Maths I just struggled with. And I remember sitting in my German class and my head teacher came over, knocked on the door and said, Will, can I have a word? And I was like, okay. And it was like the, what is it before you do GCSEs? Like the pre ones. The mock ones. The mock ones, that's oh, it. Um, and he went, so you're failing maths. And I was like, oh, okay. And he was like, you're scraping by, you can get like a D, an ED kind of thing. And I was like, I just, I just struggle with it. And he was like, and also I've heard you want to, you want to do some dancing thing. And I was like, well, yeah, I've been auditioning for colleges. Like it's my final year and I can go. And, and he was like, right. Okay. So when that all fails, you won't amount to anything unless you get maths. So I'm going to tutor you in a class with other people that are failing because you won't make a career out of that silly little job and you need maths to get a real job. Um, do, you, do you mind telling us his name? Uh, Roger Hunton. Roger Hunton, screw you. <laughs> you were wrong. Uh, yeah, you and, and I've, I've, never, I've never seen him since. I've never seen him. No, he's in hiding. Uh, yeah, but I remember, I remember him specifically pulling me out of class saying that I won't, after that fails, I'll need to get a proper job. He's here today. Hey, hey, come on, welcome. <laughs> How are you, sir? Um, but yes, yeah, so, so again, it was, it was that thing where like, <laughs> special guest, if he walks in, I'd love it. I'd be like, hello. Um, but no, so again, it was, so yeah, jumping around again. So that was like the sports side. Um, oh, actually, the only other thing that I was really interested in, um, single events, was swimming. 
I loved swimming as a kid. I swam for Champsford. My stroke was butterfly or the individual medley. And yeah, I loved it. It was great fun. We used to compete against other towns and stuff like that in and around Essex. And we used to go to swim meets and stuff like that. I used to train Monday after school, Wednesday, Friday, and sometimes a Sunday morning as well. So it was like a proper, proper, like- Did you go to Plymouth with- Natalia <laughs> with me I went to Plymouth um, Tom Daly was there Tom Daly was there <laughs> he taught me how to dive uh, no but then so so that's kind of like all the sporting side and then again I was really lucky that again my parents just threw me into anything and everything so in year two at school you know you do like your nativities yeah so we did the nativity and I got cast as the role of the innkeeper. And my mum's got it somewhere. There's li- I'm like, what are you, six, seven in year two? I've got a stripy, ironically, black, green and gold um, dressing gown on. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I had to be the innkeeper. So I had to let people into the inn and all that stuff. And mum's sitting there and my dad's sitting there filming it. And then basically Mary, Joseph and the baby Jesus don't arrive. They just don't come. And my mum was like, what happened is apparently I started ad-libbing at about seven <laughs> and in your pocket, you had an Asda bag, you know, the plastic old Asda bags. And she was like, oh, well, apparently I was going, well, the baby Jesus is late. So I've got to go to Asda, I've got to get some foods. And literally just started joking <laughs> with people. And then they turned up and I was like, oh yeah, there's room. Let's go. Come on. Like, do you know what I mean? And then, yeah. and my mum was like, hmm, that's quite, it's quite good. And then in the summer I get, I got really bored. You know, like you do like sports, school holiday kind of things. Mm. Um, So my first dance school, Essex Dance Theatre, I went to, they did like a summer school programme and it was like a week long and you did a different musical in very loose, loose terms. Um, So we, and it was always like a Disney film. So one week it was, one year it was like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, next year it was Hercules or, but you'd spend a week learning little scenes, doing different things, and you'd put a show on at the end of the week for your parents. And um, I, I really enjoyed it. And I was really interested in the arts. Like I was at primary school again, I was um, having guitar lessons that went into high school. Um, I tried the violin, that was really good fun. Um, could never really get the fingers, but once I did in the end, it was, I actually got some good notes out of it and it was, I really enjoyed it, but I didn't, I stopped playing it. I didn't pick it up again with the guitar. Like I'm very loosely on my CV. I can still play the guitar. <laughs> I can get by with a few chords. Yeah. Um, Same. Same. So, but yeah, so I, I did that and then it got to an age where I couldn't go to the summer school anymore. And Debbie Holmes, the principal of Essex Dance Theatre, she said, well, if you, would like to do this as a career, you're going to need ballet. And I was like, okay, I was 12, 13 at the time. I'd done some like youth theatre, like we did um, Chelmsford Amateur Dramatic Society. We did like Oliver and we did the school's version of Les Mis and we did a Christmas show and, and it was really good fun. But she was like, if you want to do it, you need to do ballet and other different elements of the dance world. Um, and she found out from a young age again, well, I did as well. I used to have singing lessons as a kid because my mum was like, you can hold a tune. Do you want to give it a go? I was like, yeah, all right then. Um, and I did up to grade seven or eight, I think in exams as a kid before I went to college. And um, I thought, oh, okay, I'll give it a go. I had a few friends there. Um, and the differences I think compared to listening to other people's experience, my school, 
my first dance school, we had about, when I joined, about 20 to 25 boys. What? It was like a big thing. What? My, my dance school, from a young age, Debbie was like, it's for both. And it's not in any way, shape or form, come and do it. And it was, she fostered kids as well. So she um, used to bring children in and they would come to the dance school. Um, and yeah, so we were really lucky. I remember having certain things and I tried ballet and I remember going in for the first time and it was me and four or five other boys and about 10 girls in that room. And I was like, it's all right. Standing at a bar, giving it a ballet plie and adage and all that stuff. I was like, I don't understand this. And then I tried modern and I was like, these are weird shapes. I don't really know what's happening here. <laughs> um, and then I tried tap. And it was the one thing as a just about turning teenager that I could do really loudly and not get told off for. I loved it. I fell in love with it. And then we did a thing on a Sunday called the performing group, which is, so there's two calls. It was call one and call two. And call two was the um, younger performers and call one was the older ones. So you'd effectively do call two then get bumped up to call one. And when you were at the end of call one, you'd either go off and do your own thing or go to colleges and help with audition prep, go for auditions and stuff like that. And then every year, every July, which didn't happen during COVID, Debbie is from Devon. Um, and we used to go for a week in their festival arts week down in Ilfracombe. And we'd stay on a campsite and we would tour all the local schools. And I can't remember, is it the last? Landmark theatre. Basically, it's like a flower pot theatre. It's like big three flower pots upside down. And we performed in their Festival Arts Week and we did a whole dance show every single year. So we'd go down by bus, we'd stay in caravans. It was the first time a lot of us were from our parents. Um, and yeah, and then we got to, so it was amazing. The opportunities I had, like dancing and stuff. And it was, it was never deemed uncool. Like there were so many people from different backgrounds, different people, body sizes, everything. It was just basically you were all in one place. And like, I remember going there sometimes and I'd get help with my homework. Debbie was like, a, she kind of like not a teaching assistant as such, but the people that were there would sit down and help you if you were struggling. And they just became a second family really. And I literally spent all my time there. And then I did ballet, jazz, tap, modern. I even took my GCSE dance there. Um, I did so much yeah. There and then I would just keep up. <laughs> I'm like, like after this, you, you you went to Lane, right? Yeah. And what was that experience like? So having had this amazing supportive upbringing and then going straight to this, it huge- was really cool. So I went again. I would, I wouldn't have gone anywhere else. And I only auditioned for a few. So. Debbie, again, the principal at the time was like, I was looking at different ones and because I was 15 at the time, there were certain ones I couldn't audition for. So I wasn't allowed to audition for arts ed and other degree courses. And I was like, okay. So she went, my school kind of wasn't a feeder as such, but it was affiliated with Bird. Um, and well, not affiliated. I think Debbie went there years ago and it was kind of like, they know people went there, people yeah. went there and stuff like that. And she went, at the time in 2009, she was like, if you'd like to do musical theatre and stuff, I would recommend going to Lane. There was a few people, my, a few of my teachers that went to Lane years ago, like, um, and they were like, it was great. It was very musical theatre-y. They did, it was kind of like a dabbling and trying to hone your art in all three. So you don't excel at just necessarily one. Um, and then I went and auditioned and I auditioned for there and performers and they were the only two I auditioned for actually. And performers was just around the corner in Corringham. Um, and I had a great time, but I just didn't 
really enjoy it. And I went to Epsom and I auditioned and my dad dropped me at the big greenhouse front door and I walked in and I, I was like, bye. And I, for whatever reason, other people have different views on how their day was. I had the best day. I literally just sat in a room, had a laugh, met some nice people and thought, yeah, this is quite fun. And then I went to college and I had a great time, but I, I think it was a, I think it was a handy thing to have in the sense that I could hold a tune and sing before I went to Lane. And I feel like- And obviously dance. Yeah. Uh, well, well no, but, but I would say that my, my dance ability and my acting ability from when obviously I did it at school and GCSE drama and all that kind of stuff and the little shows we did, dance was- kind of getting stronger because I did it so much, but it was never the forefront of what I wanted to do. Like I loved singing. I enjoyed doing that. And it was the kind of bit where if you put me on a stage and sing, it would be all right. But if you put me on a stage and make me do a dance solo, I'd, I'd be a bit like, oh, I don't know if, if, if it's right, if I don't know if I'm very good at it and everything like that. Um, and Lane really helped my dancing come up to a level where I feel I can hold my own. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. However, and I loved it, but I felt like when I was there, it, it kind of got, if you couldn't sing or wanted to be able to better your singing, it was slightly overlooked because the dancing was so predominant. So for example, I had one or two, maybe single singing lessons a week, if that compared to four ballet. Yeah. Right. Like, and three of those ballets were an hour and a half and one was an hour. One, one term I had like four jazz, three tap one or two musical theatre classes, but soulfully singing, I had like a half an hour slot with two other boys. And that was that. So I yeah. felt very lucky in the technique and the stuff that I'd been taught beforehand. Yeah. Um, it suited your prior skill set and got you where you wanted to be. Yes. Um, we should check in. Cool. Have you managed to tell us a lie? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I have no idea. So I'm going to need a hot second to try and pick one. Uh, Bobby, you, you can go first on this. <sighs> What's the scores? Uh, four, two. Oh. Is it four, two? I think like, it's like, like a, think it might five. be five, two. It's like a Fulham score. Maybe it's five. Oh, two. oh, oh shots fired. Whoa. <laughs> this is the most laddy episode we've ever had. Okay. Go on. Uh, I think the violin is the lie. I wasn't sure if it was the swimming one as mm, the addition. Like, uh, yeah. Distraction. As a, a callback. Yeah, as a callback. But. I've got, I, I'm going with violin. I was tempted with, uh, I'm going to go with the swimming just because it's a nice uh, callback to a previous episode of ours. Um, <clears throat> but the other option would have been like what position you played in football for me. Uh, but we'll go with the swimming. Okay. Tell us. Bob's took it. You're welcome. Five, three. Well done, Bobby. Congratulations. I'm devastated. So yeah, it <laughs> was, it was the violin. I, um, I actually never, my sister played violin. I tried guitar. Oh, I played guitar. Uh, I played clarinet for a little bit. And then Ooh. I was, I was also, I didn't say I was a chorister. Believe hey, it or not. me too. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Well done. You have the first one in a while. <laughs> but it's actually, tell us a lie. I feel good. Yeah. I feel good about that. <sighs> first one, one of us has got right. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that laugh is so... Oh, goodness, what was that? Uncomfortable. Uh, what was um, that in my ears? <laughs> so looking at your career since then, obviously Bobby mentioned many of the incredible shows that you've been a part of. Um, 
Now, currently you're doing Back to the Future, yes. of course, and uh, by the time this airs, you will be a, a part of a, a new cast of that yes. as well. Um, but how do you go about taking care of yourself physically whilst doing these insanely demanding roles and shows? So I, I'd i say that fitness for me is, I've always been active and stuff, but I've, I, I would be very honest to say I fluctuate with my weight hugely. Like... All starting from when I was at college, I, when I did start, I wasn't massive. I kind of lost a bit, but then in my second year, I got a lot bigger. And again, the stories that people have heard and stuff like that, I was 17 at the time and the vice principal pulled me aside and there was a number in the summer show where I was, we all had to be topless in this number. And I was like, okay, lucky like is what it is. And, um, without going into too much detail, um, as Bobby knows, I've got rather a hairy chest. And they said that the way, magnificent. <laughs> the, um, the way that it outlines, for, for a better way of describing it, it kind of outlines what a kind of in shape, but like you ra- round your pecs and round the outside of your abs, like that's where it's at. So I didn't really see what I looked like properly. And they said, they didn't want to say that I was l- like big or anything like that because they didn't want to upset me or put me in a place that would spiral. So they said, you're different in the sense that you have a lot of chest hair and in this number, nobody else has. So we need you to take it off. And I was like, do you mean take it off? They're like, we just get, remove it because you're sticking out. And I was like, okay. And I took it off and I was compared to now, I was about five and a half stone heavier than I am now whilst training. And that was probably due to the fact that my diet was horrendous. And I'd I was with and around a lot of people that seemed to be able to eat and drink anything they wanted. The metabolism just burnt it. And metabolism burnt it. I ate it and it would just sit. And and I always did it. And my mum always said as a kid, I used to go out then up, out. And my mum would always like, you know if you're going to get a growth spurt because you'd go out and then all of a sudden you'd go up and then you'd out and up. And then it got to a point where I was just going out and I wasn't going up. So I was like, like, oh, okay. Um, So so yeah, so I, I did something about it. So I started like running and going swimming again. And, and, uh, I didn't really, the gym for me has been a very, very, very recent discovery. So, um, yeah, I, I think over the, the years, like I, I kind of, I enjoyed running and I enjoyed being active, but within a gym environment, I was like, it's not for me. I don't want to do it. I've no, I've no interest. I've no desire to go. I think the show's going to keep me fit. I enjoyed doing the show. It was just something that I didn't enjoy going into a gym. I've done it a couple of times and I think it was the lack of knowledge of anything. Like I didn't know what I was doing in any way, shape or form. And I felt like it was one of those things that I'd go in, I'd see people doing things and I'd get not nervous as such, but I wouldn't want to ask a person in the gym that's potentially a personal trainer because I'd be worried about them trying to bring me on to do their stuff. Yeah, mm. I just want the answer to the question. Yeah. Don't, don't can you just help me what, yeah. what this is? I, I don't actually know what I'm doing, but also I didn't want to take up their time because I'm not paying them to tell me what to do. And they're not, they're not, I know they're there to work in the gym and probably to help people out. But if I was going around on every single machine saying, can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? It's kind of like a session. Um, so then over the years, I just kind of did the show, did little bits. Um, and then just kind of kept fit, but I, I went running. Um, again, my diet was up and down. There's certain times I didn't really think about it, to be honest. Um, and then we got to lockdown and there was a time where I was, I, I, I realized I was like, I need to do something. We were in, me and my fiance were in the process of buying our flat and that was a nightmare. So we had to move back to my parents for a bit and we jumped out of our old flat and it was all big hoo-ha. Um, 
and I hadn't let myself go necessarily because I don't think, I, I, I mean, I hate that term anyway, because it's like, who's to say what you look like? It doesn't mean yeah. anything. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I felt like I needed to do something and I wanted to do something because we just had Christmas. We got to January and my friend had done a program and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to give it a go. I, I, and, and for me, I had to go cold Turkey. Like I literally did everything. I did the, the diet side, the calories, the protein, the thing. And it was all at home. It was all a weight, uh, resistance bands training for me. Mm -hmm. And I dropped about 10 and a half, 11 kilos and kind of have kept that off since. Um, and then recently when I was on the show, um, again, my fiance is off away currently touring Europe as a cat. Um, casual. Yeah, casual. Yeah. Um, she's not in a show. Yeah, she's, she's not in a show. show. She's, she's, she's going around at the moment. She's currently crawling around Berlin like, meow, meow. Um, so I, um, but yeah, I, I wanted to get into a structure because for us it was, I've always had like housemates and I've always had flatmates and stuff, but um, excuse me, my, um, myself and Fran, it's like the first time we've had our own place, just us. It's our place. And I was like, right. I kind of want to get in the gym. I think I want to get into a routine before you leave, because if you leave, I'm going to play my PS5. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to do things. Yeah, so yeah. I need to get into a routine and a structure before. So I went back and I, I, uh, asked if I could help, if they could, if the person could help me with the gym and all that stuff. And I got a bit of a program and I actually, well, I did it for the reason of, I just wanted to know what I was doing. And it sounds so, well, not silly, but I think naive as well, but like even just clueless in the sense that I didn't know if it was a back and biceps day, if it was, a, if you uh, work out one group of muscles, you potentially might steer clear of another. Do you know what I mean? I was, yeah. It was like really basic stuff. That if I just want to jump in there. I don't think that's naive at all. I think, <laughs> I, and I think your ability to go, oh, I don't know about this. I'm going to learn about it. Yeah. It's something everyone could benefit from, yeah. right? The, just to go, rather than going, I'm uncomfortable at the idea of not knowing something, go, someone help me. Yeah. And it was, and also, it, and it was also doing things off of like, I, I used the Nike training center app and stuff like that. And, yeah. and there was different programs on it. But when it got to a weight machine, they were just picking it up. And I was kind of a bit like, I don't, I just, I don't know if, if it's right. I don't know what I'm doing. But now, even since doing the program that I have been doing at the moment, I feel like I'm ready to kind of, tether off of it in the sense of I can, I can do it on my own now. I know what I'm doing. And I know that if I were to get stuck in a gym environment, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hesitate to ask someone and say, Oh mate, I'm just trying this. Could you just make sure that my form's all right? Or can you just help me for a minute? I just want to double check that I'm doing this right. Whereas before I'd have been like, ah, no, I'll go in the pool. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like it was a thing yeah, of yeah, not for me. So really positive experience. Yeah. I really, I, a really positive experience. I feel like I need to, I remember talking to Bobby about this a while ago, like I, I did a certain, I think it was like 12 weeks, something solid. And I was like, you do, I do find that you just go, Oh, I need to stop. I need a break. I just need a clean cut break for a little while. And I didn't, you see people in the gym, like for example, like Bob's and Justin, and you forget that they, everybody needs a break. And you yeah. go, cause okay. I thought it was a thing that people were like, Oh my, let's go to the gym. Let's go to the gym. And I guess that's kind of to do, to do with social media as well, in the sense that people are pictured now, filming themselves and doing all sorts of things, um, which is brilliant. And it's great. 
if it's informative um because some of the stuff you see is like how is i, d- I don't i don't even know yeah. I, i'm not even a gym nut and i'm like that doesn't look comfortable yeah. <laughs> or safe at all i've mentioned this before on the on the podcast actually but mm. it's worth i think reminding people or if people didn't listen to that episode that um they studied people about muscle gain and fat loss over a, a huge period of time one group that worked out Constantly, yeah, and one group that worked out the same exact workout program for three weeks of a, three weeks in a row, then took one whole week off, mm. right? Was still active, walked and did other things yeah, in that yeah, week, yeah. but didn't train intensely at all. What we've spoken about, Bobby, is a deload week, yep. and they had the exact same level of results, yeah, exact same. So you know, if you've done twelve weeks, by the way, between sort of nine and twelve weeks is where you want to go. Oh, I probably yeah. want to take a week a little bit lighter yeah. now. And and after that, you know, it makes perfect sense to go. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm myself gonna, a little I'm break. Give myself a break. And you know, ideally, you'd still remain active because the habit is good. So yeah, you know, go to the gym, do some mobility or something else. But <laughs> but give yourself a break. Yeah. Well, yeah. I lucked out. For for example, my deload week was I went I went not bananas as such, but we went. I went to see Fran in Munich. So I was walking. I was doing loads of stuff. I was yeah, sightseeing. But active. for the yeah. week, I was like, I, I'm not going to think about anything other than just enjoying myself and enjoying my life. Yeah. And as long as I felt comfortable, because I, ne- I never set out this fitness journey of mine, so to speak, to get absolutely shredded. And I just wanted to be happy with how I was. And if and if I'm good, I'm good. Do you know what I mean? So that's that's the way that I took it. So I'd say it was a really positive experience, and it has enhanced my energy levels, which is something that I thought I was like at the first, when I first started doing it, I was like, hang on, if you're going to the gym and you're doing a lot of work in the gym, not not necessarily like hours on end in one session, but if you're lifting weights, if you're doing all this stuff and you feel knackered at the end of the session, how is that going to give you the energy? I've got to do a show in the evening. And I found that my levels, the endorphins and all that, it, it really, really surprised me as to how I felt. Yeah, I was going to ask, how, how have you balanced kind of doing a show, doing these workouts and maintaining your nutrition that whole time? Just to jump in on that, it's worth mentioning that your job in this show is incredibly taxing and physical. Like, yeah. Wild. So, you know, the energy requirements are huge. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, so when m- my own track, as we previously touched on earlier on, like I'm, I do something like, 15, 16 costume changes in a show and I play umpteen different people. So when I'm off stage, I'm getting changed. And when I'm on stage, I'm active. Um, and there's dance routines and there's all sorts in the show. Whereas very true to the film, when Marty goes back to the fifties, it literally is controlled chaos. Like the whole time you have to be that rabbit in headlights. Like you're not in the eighties. You're, you're going to, you're going to get stuck. The, the whole purpose of that is you have to get back. So it's such a high energy. You can't really let the ball drop. And I found that there were days where the gym was, was really helpful. And there were some days where I was like, I remember going to the gym once on a Saturday before two shows. And I was like, I got halfway through the, 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 the end of the first show. And I was like, this was a mistake. (laughs) I was like, Oh no. Uh. But I think it depends on what I do. Like for example, um, as the alternate, my show is on a Monday night. So I know how I feel vocally and um, tension wise. So I try to steer clear of weights or a big lifting session on a Monday. And I'd rather go for a run like 40 minutes or do a swim or go on the spin bike or do something in that nature so that I warm myself up, can get myself ready and I've got the energy, but I don't feel like my body doesn't feel as heavy as it does sometimes after a session. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, I, the nutrition for me goes up and down. Like some days I will be 
perfect. I've got have all some weeks. I'll have all meal prep. I'll have everything done. I'll have it cooked. I'll have everything ready in what I feel that I need to kind of get my body going. And if I feel tired, I can eat certain things and stuff. And other weeks I'm like, oh, I don't want any of that. I just want all the bad stuff. I just want everything that tastes amazing, please. <laughs> a nutrition you know. deload week. Yeah, literally, do you know what I mean? Um, or so load I, week. Yeah, load, yeah. That's pretty much every one of my weeks. Yeah, so, so I think, um, but, but we do burn. I mean, I've never done it. I think Justin did it at some point. He yeah, was saying he how I, I look like I've been dunked in the med when I've finished the show <laughs> or like you just pour. Um, and... I, we do burn a lot. Like you are not, you don't stop. You do not stop in the show. Like there's very, very few times where you're off stage in my own track, just sat down. Like it's very, very, I'll be like, oh, okay, breathe, go. You know, it's like that. Whereas Marty, you just, you just run. You literally just go yeah. run and you're like, oh, it's the interval. Oh, we're finished. Okay, cool. And that's for both tracks for me. So I think sometimes I go, oh, I just, I just want that. I want that. But then other days I'll have all the, and like for weeks I'll have everything sorted and it will be great. And then I'll just go, nah, I'm not, not for me that. So yeah, it's kind of how I look after myself, I guess. Do you see a difference when you do that, when you're sort of, as you said, sort of, um, really on it with that, that meal mm. prep, do you see a difference in yourself or your performance, your energy levels when you do then just eat sort of uh, I, less well for a week? Yes, I definitely do. Like if I eat well for a week, I'll finish, I'll, I'll finish pretty strong. Like I can always tell how the week's been from the Monday. So our working week is really bizarre. We go Wednesday to Monday and Tuesday's our day off. Okay. Yeah. So we do the one Wednesday and we have doubles Thursday and Saturday, single show Sunday, but then my Marty show is on a Monday. So it's the last day of the week. Oof, so I'll have done seven kind, of my shows kind of and then I'll do the Monday, <laughs> which it, I mean, it's great. Fun. I love doing the role and it, you, you know, it's such a fantastic part to play. Um, but I can always kind of gauge it off of getting ready so we'll have warm up, we'll have parish notices and then I'll go to the dressing room and some days I put some music on and it'll be like, right, let's go. And other days you sit down and as soon as you get back from warm up and you go, oh, I've got a show to do. <laughs> um, you know, so, but I feel that if I was to eat, not clean as such, but you stick within what your kind of, not dietary requirements because it's not, I don't really have any dietary requirements at all, but a calorie intake or something wh where I feel like I was eating a lot better food than just grabbing anything and going. Nutritious food. Yeah, Nutritious yeah. food. I, 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 I feel that you can tell, you can notice a difference. Yeah. You know, I, I had sort of three days in a row this week where, uh, suboptimal food choices is what we'll call them. I think. Um, That's diplomatic. Geez. Back back to back. Um, not every meal, obviously, uh, you know, but it was every meal. it was it was a fair few, and I Funny. felt like crap. For yeah, the, like eating it was glorious. Yeah, obviously, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But the sort of two days afterwards, I had zero energy. I was like, God, why am I? Why am I really struggling? And I was like, oh, Yeah. yeah. I yeah. tell you what, the big. I tell you what, the biggest. The, one of the biggest takeaways I've had from doing was an Indian takeaways. Take yeah. yeah, hey. <laughs> um, one of the biggest yeah take, takeaways I'd had from it is the, and it's not it's not guilt as such in any way, shape, or form. It's the thought process of going, like let's say for a couple couple of weeks ago, I had a, a takeaway. I had a Chinese, and then in the same week, I, I was like, oh, I had that ages ago. Maybe I could have something else. But then I was like, oh no, it wasn't that long ago. So maybe I should stick and I'll, I'll end up cooking instead. Mm. And that's the difference. Whereas before I'd be like, oh, I had that on Tuesday, but it's Sunday now. It's pretty much the next week. Should, should we get something yeah. different? You know? And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've taken away. Like you can have it, but the moderation thing really is like a 
big thing that switched yeah. my mindset kind of. Well, there's popular for dangers in the dosage. What? And then there's a, <laughs> there's the old, um, what was it? 80, 20. I love that one. Dangers in the dosage. I've never heard of that. That's great. Dosage. What's measured is managed. That's a classic. Oh, um, 80, 20 is just that like, uh, if yeah. 80% of what you take in is nutritious and 20% isn't, then you're probably in a pretty good place. Yeah. Yeah. 80, 20 is always a banger. Like, Love yeah. that for me. And then five days a week, you're doing really well. Two days, not quite so good. You're probably still fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the general rule, I think. So, uh, yeah. No, it's been, I, I've, I've actually, I, I, and that's something I never thought I'd say, I've really enjoyed it. Like, I never thought I would be the person that goes, I've enjoyed my session at the gym. Like, ever. I just, I, it's just something that I've gone in and I've, and I, I don't know if it was just the, the, uh, like, element of going in and being like, oh, everyone looks amazing and everyone knows what they're doing and everyone just gets on with it and you put headphones in and you don't talk to anyone and it's like I felt a bit lost but to go in armed with this is what you're doing it was such a big thing for me in the sense that I just went okay let's just do it I didn't even bat an eyelid compared to anybody else and I quickly realized that nobody looks at you Maybe. that's the, that's yeah. and yeah. that's half the battle I expected to go in and do like a first exercise if I was in there for an hour and a half, not doing everything, but still like half of that time I have been figuring out what I was doing on each exercise and trying to get form right for the first time and stuff. I realized that literally not, 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 not anybody looks at you or questions what you're doing. You could do nothing and leave and no one will say a thing. And I just want to clarify one thing. 95% of those people have no idea what yeah, they're doing. Yeah. So it, they're not looking at you going, your form's terrible because they don't know. Yeah, exactly. And have, I mean, I've, I've, I've discovered the world of, is it less like grunting, isn't it? Like, oh. I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's coming through my headphones. So, you know, it's loud because <laughs> like, the music on, I'm like, I'm like, oh, hang on, what? What's going on? Peter Crouch is talking at me in the podcast. It's like, hang on, what, what, who, where, you know? So it's, um, it's been, yeah, it's what, like, so that, that was a whole thing opening up. I was like, oh, this happens. This does happen. I really don't enjoy that in the gym. Really, Grunting. Yeah. Really annoys me. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a thing I find that uh, about keeping this space being welcoming for people, mm. especially those that might not be physically as big, tall, or especially for women being yes. comfortable in that space. If you're screaming while you're picking up a weight, then they're going to be intimidated coming to that same area yeah. as you. In which case, go to a different gym. Like, I agree. Don't go to a commercial gym, like yeah. pure gym, like go to a yeah. bodybuilding gym where that's exactly. fine. Other than that, like, like it's happened cool. a few times where, cause I'm, I'm at the, um, Virgin Active on the Strand because we get a deal for being in the theatre around there. So it was brilliant. It's perfect. And for me, when I was signing up to the gym, I was like, I either need a gym next to my house or work, or yeah. work yeah. because if I've got one or the other, I'll go. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I'll make time to go. I'll leave an hour early and I'll get there and then I've done my yeah. workout and I can go straight into the building. Um, and being being there, it's it is great. But then there's a couple of people you just go, why, why are you screaming? Like you don't, I don't, under, I don't. Virgin at least I don't, I don't understand why you're screaming. Like that's the thing. Like oh, you're not if, even lifting anything. stood in the corner. <laughs> also, it doesn't help you as much as people want to. So the people that scream always say mm. that it helps them. It doesn't. It doesn't. Correct breath control will help. Yeah. You. The breath thing for control. me, I think, I, I don't know about anybody else, but when I hear someone shout if they're picking up weights I'm like maybe you need to drop a little bit of weight yes yeah. just go a little bit lighter yeah. and just do it instead of going 
Yeah. You look at the Olympics and watch the best powerlifters in the world. Yeah. They're not screaming when no, they do it. Exactly. <laughs> you no. might get the odd one. You might get the odd one, one every like now and again. <laughs> and you go, yeah. <laughs> like, get a hold of breath, get it up, get it up. Hemorrhoids, oh. but uh, <laughs> oh. Oh. that was not a sound effect. That was really? Really. one of the pre-show requirements for powerlifters <laughs> is to do that. <laughs> I think we might have covered one of these things, but is there anything about fitness or wellness that you would like to see get in the bin? Get in the bin. I love it. Other than grunting in a commercial gym. That's, that's already in the bin. Yeah, <laughs> from many in people. the bin. So yes, there absolutely is, and it's not. Believe it or not, it's not the grunting. Um, the one thing that I want to get in the bin more than anything is people encroaching on you doing an exercise waiting for a machine. So for example, I was on um, the chest press the other day, like the barbell on the rack kind of thing. And um, I was literally mid session and I did 10 reps, put the thing down and sat up to do like a minute of recovery before I go again. And a guy came over and went, uh, can I, can I go? I was like, no, I've, I've just got two more sets. And then and he was like, okay. And we're not in a big room right now um, where you're sat, Stefan. He literally stood there, folded his arms and watched me for the entirety of my workout until I finished. For those listening, I'm about a meter away. <laughs> yeah, and he literally stood and I was like, oh, oh, you're, you're going to, okay, cool. Not even like a lap of the gym. He literally stood, folded his arms and was like, okay. And I was like, oh, come on. And it's happened a few times. I've seen a few people like on the tricep machine when you put it down. I don't, I don't know the names of things. I just know like it's that action. <laughs> um, and people just stand and wait. But I'm just like, maybe go and like, I had to wait for a machine this morning when I was in the gym. And, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll either go and do something else or I'll just take a lap. Wait yeah. and, uh, and if you said it was the, the, um, the guy that was on the machine that I needed, he was like, oh yeah, I've literally got a couple of sets. I was like, great. And then I just kind of went off in my water bottle up, did my thing, went back over. He was literally finishing. He was like, great, have a good workout. And I was like, cool. But I just, I don't understand the need to stand next to a machine and wait. Mm. I feel like there's an acceptable amount of distance to stand yeah. Yeah. and make it clear that you're not watching that person. Yeah. I did this today and it was there and it was a guy and I was like, and actually we ended up doing sets one after the other because great. his rest time was longer than a minute. So it was fine. Exactly. And it was like, when he was doing the sets, I was, I was like, right, I'm going to go and stand like six meters away and face the other direction yeah. <laughs> until I know he's probably done his reps. But that's and the thing. Like you it. just go, oh, okay, great. But to st literally to stand, fold your arms and just be like, okay. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh you're going to, you're going to watch. You're going to watch. We'll call them the lurkers. Yeah. The lurkers. Yeah, like gym lurkers. lurkers. They yeah. can get in the yeah, bin. Lurkers can, are in the bin. They can get in the bin. We 100%. do need a sound effect for that, Bobby. Yeah. Uh, I'm working on it. Um, uh, what one are we going to press? <laughs> That's the bin, what, That's spring? The, bin, the spring of the bin. The spring of the bin. Yeah, it's like a, one of those fancy yeah. bins. Straight well, we'll, we'll work on it. We'll find yeah, a good sound okay. effect eventually. Wait, you don't like my sound effect? Yeah. What, you <laughs> like I enjoy it. You want to go? You know, the coil. I, I don't oh. anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every time it's the most confusing, I'm going to say laugh, but <laughs> on that note, Will. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't understand what that sound effect is. I never will understand. I, do, I don't either. That's why you enjoy it so much. I think so as well. Oh. <laughs> Bobby's impression of it is far more disturbing than the actual sound of it. Actually, that might not be true. Um, well, do you have any advice to people entering the industry now? So students maybe graduating or people who want to get involved on taking um, care of themselves? On taking care of themselves. I would, I would say do, I mean, do, do, always do what's right for you. Definitely. But I think the, there's two bits of advice that I always well, one of them I was given and the other one I kind of just learned along the way. Um, one of them was you'd always rather be wrong than bad. 
So in a sense of, it sounds really silly, but like if you, if you walk in and like, for example, well, I'm sure we've all been in auditions and stuff like that, where you don't get the job because you're too tall. You're too, you can't change that. Yeah, you, you, it has happened to me. Do you know what I mean? It's happened to me. It's, it's happened never to me. happened to me. <laughs> I, I got the other way. I'm probably the same as Bobby. I didn't get a job because I wasn't tall enough, but I can't change my height. Annoying because your height is on your CV. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Well, it depends on the job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I vary between 5'7 and 5'9, whatever yeah. one you want. Do you know what I mean? nice. But I, I think it was, I think well, it's not even that. It's, it's, it, I, it's a weird way of putting it, but yeah, I just guess it's the always, always just be true to yourself in, in that sense. Like you cannot, don't go in in platforms that are going to add another six inches. Cause when you get to the job and you're four inches less, you, it's like you, you weren't what you are when you booked. Um, and the other thing is, I think the biggest thing for me is like, when you're, you don't do this for anyone else. Like I don't do this for my mum and dad. I don't do this for my fiance. I don't do it for my friends. I do it because I enjoy doing it and it's my job. So when you're in an audition room, don't, don't necessarily look at the person next to you and go, oh, I wish I was doing what they could do because I guarantee that they'll be looking at something that you can do and go, I wish I could do what you could do. And I think it's something that we always forget because I remember being, especially when I was at Lane, some, I can't touch my toes. I've never been able to touch my toes. Flexibility for me is horrendous. And there'd be people next to me that could put their legs up by their ears. And I was like, oh, I really wish I could do what you could do. And then one day I said it to one of the guys in our class and I was like, I'd love to be able to do that. Like, I feel terrible that I can't. Like, you know, it's just something that I'm trying and it's just not happening. And he was like, yeah, but you stood up the other day and sung a song and I'd love to sound like you do. And I was like, oh yeah, it works both ways. Mm -hmm. So I think just, it's always, you're the sole focus of it. Just make sure that you're happy and just go to your limitations and go, try and exceed them. But don't worry if it's, if you push it, and it's not quite where somebody else is because I guarantee that they'll be looking at you wishing that they could do something that you can do. I love that. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. We've got a new round. We do. On the podcast. It's a new round. What? It's the reaction round. Oh, okay. Dun, dun, dun. Was that it? <laughs> <laughs> you reacted well. Okay. Congratulations. Either or. Basically, uh, okay. that quick, I'm going to give you two options of something and yep. you're just going to pick one. Okay. It's going to be really, really quick fire. Oh goodness. Now I did ask Bobby to set a timer for a minute last time and I managed to fire through it in 45 seconds. So, Stunning. um, we'll, we will see if we can do the same. Okay. No hesitation. You just have to choose one. Okay, yeah. great. Okay. Yeah. We don't, we'll talk about the criteria of some of them afterwards if, okay. <laughs> if you want to. Yeah, funny. Absolutely. But, um, right. Right. Here we go. I've done right. my vocal oh, warmup. Are you ready? Uh, here we go. Give us a countdown, Bobby. <clears throat> Three. Two, one, go. Phone call or text? Phone call. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Plays or musicals? Musicals. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Friends or The Office? Friends. Jersey Boys or Shrek? Jersey Boys. Savory or sweet? Savory. Apple or Android? Apple. New clothes or new phone? Uh, new, uh, uh, neither really. I don't know. New, new phone. <laughs> new phone. New Frankie Valley or Marty McFly? Uh, Marty. Bath or shower? Or oh, shh, bath. Beard or clean shaven? Beard. Cardio or resistance training? Uh, resistance training now. Online shopping or in-store? In-store. Coffee or tea? Coffee. TV or movies? TV. Podcasts or audiobooks? Podcasts. Apples or oranges? Apples. Red or blue? Blue. Bobby or Stefan? Both. Oh! oh! 42 oh, seconds. Oh, I've, oh. I've, we need to change the timing on this. Rapid. Right, we'll change that. 45 seconds from now on. Listen, okay. you're going to get it because that's twice we've done okay. that. I, I well enjoyed done. the bath or shower seem to stump you the most. Yeah, because I love... <laughs> so we in, in our flat, we really like, we've got um like a 
sunken kind of not it's not roll top in any way shape or form but you know like a sunken one so you can sit in it and proper dip yeah but then in the middle of it we've got like the rainfall shower Ooh. but it's a double curtain that goes around you Ooh. so you have to get you fancy. have to buy you have to buy two shower curtains so it's a bit <laughs> nightmare fancy but it's not even fancy. it just goes around you so you can have a rainfall shower but then if you get in the bath you sit in it and you're like you know like how Ricky yeah. Gervais does those photos you oh, see like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. that's me <laughs> that is me so um, yeah both there were some good ones in there Okay, Frankie Valli or Martin McFly really enjoyed that. That was a one. really that's a, that was a really tough choice. Yeah. Uh, you are the only person to have said both, and actually, I think that's the only person to have kept your wits about you enough. To yeah, answer. for both when he said Bobby or Stefan when he said. Oh yeah, both. Uh, that's the, well played. That's the, the weirdest one answer. for me. That the hardest one for me was is beard or clean shaven. It's always a beard, but. The majority of my career, I've had to be clean. Yeah. So <laughs> You're always I'm clean. just like, uh, apart from lockdown, where Bobby saw my beard and it was pretty big. It was magnificent. People who can grow beards love beards. Oh. And I feel like, oh. Oh, <laughs> sound like the tube. That was like, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the new Elizabeth line. I thought, you were, I thought you were like tuning a pitchfork or something. <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> like, Stefan. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I, yeah. We, I grew a big old beard in lockdown and so much so that we used to stick pencils in it when I was driving in Sainsbury's. <laughs> I didn't shave for quite some time during lockdown and uh, a pencil would not have stayed anywhere near that. <laughs> it would have fallen off it. <laughs> it was like human kaplunk. Straight through. Oh, well, Will, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, man, that was awesome. No problem. Legend. And thank you at home for listening. You can find more information about us on Instagram at fit to underscore talk. And remember, we release two episodes each week. That's right. Two of them straight into your ears. So there's plenty more where this came from. If you've got any questions you want to answer by us, as always, you know what to do. Slip slide into those DMs. I'm sat there. I'm just looking fancy. I'm in, I'm in Will's bath. With the two curtains waiting for you. <laughs> and if you like what you've heard, even from that bit, this has been Fit to Talk with our guest, Will Haswell. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. I mean, yeah, I was actually like, I was still thinking about Bobby in the bar. Yeah, that's right. Right. Fine. I'll, I'll be, be waiting. waiting. I'll be waiting. <laughs> and your hosts, me, Stefan. And me, Bobby. And if you haven't enjoyed it, we've been Joe Wicks. Peace out. Peace out.